Working Cows Podcast, episode 260, brought to you by Performance Livestock Analytics, helping you work smarter on your cattle operation. Visit performancelivestockanalytics.com to request a demo. Welcome to the podcast that gives producers a platform to discuss and share paradigm-challenging practices, practices that have increased the effectiveness of their operation and the joy that their families have received from this lifestyle. Howdy, everybody. This is Clay Connery, host of the Working Cows podcast, powered by the Global Ag Network. And this episode is brought to you by Performance Livestock Analytics. How do you manage data for your cattle business? Stop relying on pen and paper or complicated programs. Get real-time access from anywhere with Performance Beef. Update rations, generate real-time closeout reports, record health data at the chute, in the pen, or pasture, or analyze performance trends, all in one place with ease. Your feed, financial, and health information is integrated into one easy-to-use platform, accessible from your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Find Performance Beef online to learn more and request a demo. And on that note, very excited to be joined today once again by Dane Cooper. Dane is uh, one of the founders of Performance Livestock Analytics, a company been doing some exciting things about helping bring technology to bear in the beef sector specifically, and uh, got a few new initiatives that they're pretty excited about. And uh, really, I'm I'm also excited about them and and some of the things that they mean uh, for the pasture and forage management side of some some of these things as well. So. Uh, my privilege to once again welcome back to the Working Cows podcast, Dane Cooper. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to join you. Uh, so you have gone through a transition, I think, since last time we we talked. You were, uh, I think, still at that point independent with uh, Performance Livestock Analytics, and and uh, since that time uh, has gone through a transition uh, and under the banner of Zoetis now. Do I understand that right? Yeah, no, that that's exactly right. We would have started the business right January one of twenty seventeen, uh, and then Zoetis would have acquired the business April of twenty twenty. So okay, um, that would have been been our transition. So yeah, two and a half years roughly now with Zoetis. And what is uh, what has been uh, your your experience? I guess just kind of from that startup phase uh, through today, how what's been going on at Performance Livestock Analytics. Yeah, it's it's been a really good experience, you know, from just starting the business from the ground up. You know, we started the business basically from some of the some of the work we were doing prior. Right. We were working um, at the Climate Corporation that was doing a lot of innovating on the row crop side. Myself and my partner at the time was, you know, grew up on livestock farms in Iowa. And I always use the analogy of looking across the fence, saying, you know, livestock is something that has a workflow daily. More and more labor intense, more capital intense, probably more volatile too. But yet, just was not being being armed in a way with relevant technology to help people run their business like we felt it should. So we, yeah, tackled that. And then, um, you know, since we launched the product, basically January one of seventeen, you know, we we were fortunate enough to where really it hit the network effect. Once we had one or two producers on it. All of a sudden, boom, five called us. Once we put five more on, you know, they really liked and enjoyed using it. Um, and I'd say, you know, what's really been nice 
since being at Zoetis is is not a lot has changed. You know, a lot of people kind of warn you of the intimidation of working for a large corporate type company. You know, but Zoetis has a an accelerated growth business arm of their business to where they can bring businesses like performance livestock analytics in and kind of leave them on their own. You know, let them let them keep their flywheel spinning per se, right? And that leverage the assets of what what we can of Zoetis of, of their their larger stretch from a geographical footprint, um, their backing, their expertise, but continue to let us run our business. And so today, you know, I would be the the head of sales and strategy still at Zoetis, effectively still running the business. Yeah, and um, I, I still remember, and I and I think about it a lot actually. Um, one of the lines that you you dropped in that original episode was that you have seen uh, performance livestock analytics, uh, performance beef. You've seen that uh, facilitate the gamification of the of the feeding process in on these on these operations where people are competing to see how close can we get to uh, the amount of of this certain commodity that we're seeking to put into our blend in you know with the drop from the bucket into the into the mixer wagon and stuff like that so um i I think it's just an interesting product um and 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 it was a product kind of whose time had had come i think where there's there's all this disparate technology and you bring it together into one product that can serve people so well because i didn't realize it uh you know just how much of a guess it was you know for those people loading loading those products and kind of now we've got firm numbers, you know, uh, you know, really, really accurate numbers that people are able to use. So I, I think that's a, just been an interesting, an interesting uh, opportunity that comes about as kind of as a result of this product. Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly right. Even, I mean, if you look at today, it's just, it's just higher stakes poker, you know, in the game of livestock production, right? It's not the $10 blackjack table no more. Like you're sitting at the $100 table. It's everything costs so much to produce and the ability to have a precision ag mindset, leveraging technology to keep tabs and efficiency and, and know your break evens and just, just having more of an intelligence center type attitude and leveraging a technology to do that is even more relevant today just because of, you know, the price of feed is high. The price of feeder cattle is $1,500 an animal just to lay them in. And, you know, if if the April futures still stay at a dollar fifty five, you know it's like I said, it's higher. It, and so I feel like it's even more relevant today of like the value of utilizing a technology platform um, and just understanding everything feed the financials to your animal health aspects and and just everything as it relates to that is is uh, like I said more couldn't be any more relevant than now with just the dynamics we've seen in the market. Right. And knowledge is power, right? You've got to know, you've got to know what that number is. And real time is, I think the, the advantage of performance livestock analytics is, is it's real time numbers. You've got a number of what was fed today, you know, just uh, not to rat out Brian Mose, but I was sitting next to him in a, in a a farm bureau board meeting the other day. And I look over, of course, in a, in an, in a appropriate moment. And he's got his uh, performance livestock analytics sitting there in the boardroom, pulled up on his laptop and he can see every load that was fed yep. that day and how much was in there. And 
and he's not there that day, but he can still keep tabs on what's going on and it's real-time data. It's not the end of the month we take an inventory and figure out where we stand and it's, I just think that's such a, a powerful <laughs> piece of knowledge to, to have. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, that it depends on who you talk to. I would say, you know, you could one operation, they're kind of pessimists and one operation's an optimist. Well, PLA kind of makes you a realist, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is what it is, right? Yeah. And as far as their accuracy, your production efficiency, the numbers, you know, the, the beauty of being able to just have that interface where these guys feed with it every day and that data is pulled in there. It's, it's what actually happened, not that what was supposed to happen. Um, and having that up to date real time, is just, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like everyone, you know, even like the Moe's operation or no matter really kind of find their way with the platform of where they can leverage it the most, you know, cause every operation is so different. You know, I've, even, you know, there's feedlots in Iowa, um, you know, throughout the Midwest that are similar as far as family farms, but the facilities are different, the type of cattle, the what, what type of feed they decide to put up. Um, and it still really kind of works in their own, in their own customization, but yet having that unified way to wake up, feed those animals and have that that operating system to look at to see what's happening. Yeah, you can't manage what you can't measure, right? That's kind of a mantra in business. And I think there's just been so so little ability to accurately measure those things uh, until you run out of feed in the bunk and you realize, okay, we need to bring in another load of this. Well, you, you've got a way to project this is what's going out. This is what came in. And we know kind of the timeline and we can look at the markets and say, do we want to buy now or do we want to wait till later and see if it, it comes down? And we've we've got an accurate assessment of what's sitting there and, and how much is going to go out every day between now and then. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. No, I feel like technology's kind of created a new standard. You know, there's, if we think about different technologies that have, even the way we, we get news today, right? And that, you know, our parents, you know, got news when the newspaper showed up, right? Once a week. And it's like when a connected mobile device created a new standard and how you receive information, process that, and how quickly you can get it and adjust your mindset, decisions, your day based on what's happening around you. It, I feel like it's kind of created a new standard, right? Like these operations no longer going on pen and paper and having a software, it's like, now, there's there's no going back, right? And then now it's like, what what can we do going forward now, right? And and continue to do that, keep continue to create a new standard of efficiency, productivity, and and how we manage all this. One of the early um, mantras, I would say, if it, if I can use that word of the Working Cows podcast, is kind of where you started out uh, on this episode. Is that you know we see the technology and the way that it serves row crop agriculture and precision farming and those kinds of things. Uh, how do you think that technology is, is continuing to shape uh, the livestock industry? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's an interesting question. You know, one thing, one journey we're on at Zoetis is that, um, you know, we're being unified, you know, in this accelerated growth business division uh, really with that, the genetics team at Zoetis you know, under an umbrella called precision animal health. And I always joke, sometimes people may scratch their head or even maybe, maybe I did when it was day one, us being integrated with the genetics team of like, okay, genetics and PLA, 
like this are two different animals coming together. How, how is this? Why is this? Right. Well, genetics, you know, a lot of people don't even realize that Zoetis has a genetic testing business. Right. And it's big business in the dairy business. You know, big progressive dairies, they they test heifers before they put them back in the herd. And if they don't meet a certain score, they don't get put back in the herd. And, you know, one quote that they provided me was that, you know, a hundred head dairy that was either in the bottom 25% genetic score versus the top 25%, you know, on a hundred head of those animals on a hundred head dairy in Iowa was $86,000 of difference. <laughs> and, and so, but, but really when you think about genetics from a beef standpoint, you know, you have seed stock producers that use genetics on beef, right? They do genetic testing. HD 50 K is a known thing out there, but the genetic test is like a tissue test of the ears that gives you that cow's scorecard or that animal scorecard, right? And really, it's a data strategy, not not necessarily a genetic strategy, right? Um, and and but a lot of people think of it as genetics, like oh, I'm a commercial cow calf. This is sophisticated genetics for a seed stock producer or a bull producer. Where I think I think there's an opportunity to change the narrative as far as what we're doing going forward from a PLA coming together with genetics, you know, we're launching performance ranch, you know, effectively right now through the first of the year that, that cow calf producers, we want to provide that same experience of feed to financials for a cow calf producer to manage his business, right? Have that intelligence center that I talked about. Um, but the second thing we want to do eventually too, is integrate that, that genetic cow card into performance ranch. And so that any commercial cow-calf producer could have those 16 indexes of its docility, milk, weaning weight, yearling weight, whatever all those are, into a Zoetis total return. We basically can tell them, here, you're tracking sire, dam, calf weaning weight, kind of your own EPDs as far as performance. But what Zoetis can also do is just take that tissue test out of the ear for you give you the performance and then just give you that data so you can decide, right? So there's an example they always use of, right? There's five red Angus cows standing next to each other. They all look identical, but their Zoetis total return score is from 150 to 250, which is, you know, that could be $50 a calf of productivity out of the top one versus the bottom one, right? So um, today, you know, as row crop farmers, you don't just buy pioneer seed, decalb seed. Like you, you really are looking at what variety of seed, day length. What are those seven different scoring profiles of standability, stay green, disease resistance? It's kind of the same thing on the cattle side, right? And I talk about, you know, we were just we were just referencing row crop to livestock. I I honestly think. You know, as we digitize things for the, the cow-calf producer and help them, that, that bringing genetics to them and how they can utilize this, this asset of doing a tissue test, getting that cow's information of, of what animals put back in the herd could be that same ROI relevance of a, of a dairy that's got 100 head dairy that's got the top 25% cows versus the bottom 25%. It's just in a different way, right? It's, it's in its yearling weight, weaning weight, there's different indexes, but 
That's real business. And it's a it's a data strategy that's delivered through genetics. But I'm excited about the journey we're on to really digitize that and bring that to the commercial cow-calf producer because I'd say today, I think they're mostly kind of unaware from, from producers I've talked to. It just hasn't been brought to them necessarily in a relevant way. Maybe it's been focused on seed stock or whatever. But as I look at it, you know, there's real value there and 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 quick ROI. So I'm passionate. You know, I grew up on a cattle farm and so I'm passionate about finding these ROIs to bring back to the farm, not to just continue to bring technology into the farm as a guy that loves technology. But like back to my roots, like if, if it doesn't work for for my partner's dad or the colleague's dad's like it doesn't pass the test. Right. So bringing that ROI back to the farm um, with genetics here in that next step, I think is, is exciting for us. Would you say that this tool is going to enable people to select the most profitable animal, essentially the one that can get it done on lower inputs and, and those kinds of things? Is that, would that be an, an, yeah. an accurate statement? That that's effectively what it does. You know, Zoetis has a score that they put it in this. It's a ZTR, Zoetis total return, where you don't have to sit there and analyze all these 16 different indexes and this matrix of which one is the best. They basically score it for you. Mm. Like the combined value of this cow is worth this much more than these. And I just kind of look over the shoulder as I learn about it. You know, I'm always amazed. A guy that sends in a hundred tests that like. And he's got animals in the bottom, bottom 20%. And he's got a, a one animal here in the top 1%. Like the variance on the average farm is amazing to me. It's like you go on your genetic journey, your trajectory starts to tighten pretty quickly of top end producing animals. And man, that's a, that's a 10 year decision, right? So today you're going to go buy that animal for a ton of money because the market's really high and the, the herd is shrinking. And so the, Replacement females are going to be expensive, um, but it's also, you know, that's that's today's check expensive. But, you know, the difference of that animal producer for the next 10 years, it's just big business. You know what I mean? That's that's something to take serious. And that's why I'm like, man, this this is a no brainer for a cow calf producer. We just got to bring it to them in a relevant way. Right. If it's not in the palm of their hand in the sense of a smartphone and a very intuitive uh, then, then we're not doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had people explain to me EPDs and I'm still not sure I got my head wrapped around it. So, I mean, this looks like this could replace the EPD in the bull sale catalog, right? (laughs) Honestly, like we got to simplify that. It can't be right. We can't, I'm the same way, like reading the EPD indexes. I'm not there yet either, but it shows the percent rank and they've kind of done it for you of total return, cow calf score. And, um, and I think you've seen, you know, they work with some of the biggest bull customers out there, right, in the in the seed stock business. And they've helped some of those bull customers do the same. This bull is a five-star on feed efficiency. It's a, you know, it's a four-star on marbling. But just like simplifying that message of what is the actual value of this animal versus being an EPD expert, right? Like, yeah, let's, let's not try to go there. You know what I mean? It's, right. It's uh, 
it's different. Yeah, you know the meme, right? Of the, uh, it's usually a GIF of the lady looking off into space, and there's all these formulas and numbers passing by her eyes. That's kind of how I feel when I look at DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, you can't. That's. I have said that the exact thing. Like this has so much value, but it has to be simplified. Yep. Right. This is a hidden value, but the reason it hasn't been brought to the commercial cow cat producer because it it hasn't been brought in those layman terms of of just the simple ROI. Like, don't give me the data. Give me the insights. Like, kind of tell me what to do, right? Like, honestly, if I submit 50 cows to this thing and, like, on Performance Ranch, it should kind of tell me what to do. Like, that's the way you kind of feel about it. You know, even on these row crop platforms today, I can look up out of 10 fields, yield by variety, yield by soil type, I can quickly kind of just see, it just kind of tells me which ones are helping me win more than the others. And there's there's a lot of complexity to like what fields where, soil types, but you can get to those insights quickly. And I think that's, it's the same attitude we have. And another problem I think facing facing cow calf producers is you've you've kind of alluded to it here the problem of gestational lag right like we've got it's a it's a long term decision buying this this animal over that animal and then it's going to take us a couple of years to see if that was the right decision right because she's going to yeah. have babies and then those babies are going to be developed and grow up and then those babies are going to start having babies and we're like oh well yeah it was the right decision or mm, no we probably could have made a different decision so do you think that this zoetis total return also helps speed that up or or make a more informed decision there as well yeah i think that you know there's there's a two step there like traditionally you're buying a these commercial females or a or a or bred heifer in a in a sales setting, there's 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 effectively no data other than the reputation of the farm it came from. And let's just hope it's not the bottom sort off that farm, right? That they're keeping the best themselves anyways. But like that we can that those could should effectively go through the ring with a digital cow card, right? And and that's the next step of like Zoetis just actually launched uh um, with the genetics division um, with superior livestock, um, this blockyard mm-hmm. ecosystem. But that that's exactly where that is, is that basically what blockyard is, is it's taking this digital wallet or scorecard of feeder cattle, you know, people that are already genetically testing and know that they have genetically superior animals. It shows the score, the group score of those of those animals within the lot on superior of that you can go into Blockyard and you can get that data. And then if you buy them, you can actually buy that individual animal genetic data. So the animals that are going to, you know, grow the worst or have the worst marbling, and you can actually manage those accordingly. Hmm. Uh, So Blockyard is actually an extension of that, of kind of this marketplace ecosystem to where there can actually be data served up. You get the insights of the history on the animal, the genetics, um, and actually have the individual animal data once you buy those animals too. Um, so that's, ex- that's exactly where it's going, right? Mm. So we've talked about, you know, performance beef, uh, genetic testing and blockyard. Uh, tell me about the kind of the nuts and bolts of how that blockyard, uh, ecosystem functions. Is it, um, is there a RFID tag that's tracking this animal or what, how, how are we accomplishing that? Yeah, so for, for Blockyard, they need to have a 15-digit ID, which is like a 
you know, an EID, right, a, a 940 tag or, or a PLA UHF tag, one of our, our high frequency tags we provide with our animal health shoot site integration on performance beef. That's a 15 digit ID tag. So effectively, you can put animals into Blockyard with just their the data on them. Um, but really, that's an environment to where you genetically test those animals um, and you provide that genetic group data um, and preview that as and really help expose that superior genetic data. But yeah, it is through individual animal ID system, right? And that's a Blockyard does require a 15 digit ID, which effectively helps you as the producer and the buyer better manage and understand these individual animals. Um, and what's nice on PLA, you know, we've, we've created a nice intuitive shoot side experience, right? It's the iPad at the shoot that you can put the high frequency tag in and basically have a hands-on ex- hands-off experience running animals through the shoot, get each animal's weight, see its history on it. Boom. You're going to hit this one with Jaraxxon. You can click that quick. Anytime that animal runs through the shoot, you can say when it was last treated with what vaccine history. So you can kind of see how this technology is coming together nicely, even with the value of genetics. How do we digitally expose that data and also provide an actual experience to manage it, run those animals through the shoot um, and log that information and, and actually do stuff with it. And so would you, does it exist that it's kind of uh, conception to consumption, that tracking of that animal? Um, is that is that kind of how this is playing out yeah. in some cases? Well, absolutely. You know, Blockyard's built on a blockchain technology. It was actually a partnership of, of Zoetis um, and IBM that that helped build out this blockchain ecosystem. But effectively, it it allows not only just the integrity of the, the data to stay true, but the ability to transfer the data. Uh, and, and it protects that priority of it. And then however that data needs to be passed along, you know, with the uh, with the permission of the current user, whether it's, you know, uh, an integrated food production system that they want to get more information to the packer or back from the packer. Uh, and so, you know, PLA does a good time, good, really good job of the, of the digital software user experience. Uh, genetics got a very valuable data ecosystem to help producers make decisions. And then Blockyard and this blockchain ecosystem really helps that that roadway and these on-ramps and off-ramps, per se, for this data to come on and to be consumed by by users down the chain, right, with the permissions of of the current cattle owner, right? In whatever production system they might be in. And, and so is it, um, are, are the animals kept with the information or is it something where the, the owner of the animal could sell the animal and, and retain ownership on the, on the information? Does that, or how is that? Yeah. I mean, effectively they could, they would have a log of that information, but then also be able to pass that information with the animal. Right. So the information doesn't necessarily always just go with the animal. There's a data privacy permission that this seller of the information does, you know, effectively when you're putting animals on Blockyard, you're exposing those animals to be sold with the data that goes with them. And then the purchaser of that can buy that individual data through Blockyard. And so effectively through Blockyard, you're giving your permissions to effectively sell that data to the to the next owner. 
Does it represent another revenue revenue stream then for the the original owner? Um, yeah, it does. Well, it makes it makes the genetic testing uh, cheaper, a couple bucks cheaper through the Blackyard ecosystem, um, and it and it and it most fundamentally provides an avenue and, and, it, and an environment for them to actually be able to to move that data right um, and pass it along. Right, right. What's the significance of it being on the blockchain in your mind? Um, you know, honestly, to me, it's less about the blockchain. I mean, the blockchain is really about the integrity, right. the security, and and the the correctness of the data being passed along. Um, but to me, the biggest thing is always about you know the our end user and their experience. You know, it's it really just created an ecosystem to actually put animals on the block block yard, expose them, um, and then to be purchased, right? The, the data. So it, this transactional ecosystem that never really existed within that genetics environment. So to me, it's more about the experience of the software actually getting it done. I think the the blockchain technology just you know provides a lot of assurance that the integrity does hold true, the security of it um, from a technology standpoint. And, and it's got, you know, very good scalability as far as, you know, putting a lot of animals on it. And so, you know, to me that the Blockyard project was more about the experience of being able to actually pass this data. Sure. Yep. And it, it it's not a separate marketplace necessarily. They'll still be sold through Superior Livestock or Country Page or whatever, but they'll have yeah. this bit of data attached to them. Is that right? That's right. And I think that's that's the most important thing to for people to understand is that we're not replacing a marketplace. Like the cattle will, will transactionally go through their current, you know, auction barns, superior, wherever they want. It's just we want to provide this web-based cloud experience to where whether you're in the auction bar and the representative's block yard, you can pull that data up and see that quickly and decide to make a purchase on those animals based on their index. Mm. Uh, whether it's superior or a local auction bar, right? That there's a block yard mobile type experience for sellers and buyers to represent them as such. And that as long as you're connected on a connected mobile device, you, you'd be able to pull it up, understand what the animals are, their history, Mm. Uh, make a an informed decision mm -hmm. yes yeah <laughs> that's interesting so would you say that at this point it's it's that kind of thing is not happening and this is a an innovation uh where this level of data and the integrity of that data uh is is something that's able to be passed along where right now that isn't happening is that how you understand it yeah absolutely you know the animals are represented as a you know, who, who the current owners were, what ranch they came from, or maybe what what sire lineup of bulls. These came out of X bulls. But, you know, I don't know if our friend Brian Mose bought the, the, the cheapest bull in the sale or the most expensive bull in the sale when he's uh, selling his feeder cattle to me. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things that it really incentivizes people that have better than average genetics to to really prove it show it, expose it, and monetize it at a higher level, just saying, here, I want to provide information on these animals that it's not just my ranch, uh, a certain certain lineup of bulls, but like here's actual 
genetic genomic information that shows they're worth more, right? Um, but not just my reputation as a ranch, but the fact that I am better than average is his data sitting there in block yard for people to see. Right. Yeah. Are you working on any new uh, products or updates that you can share? Yeah, I think the, so the biggest thing right now is really the, the work being done on the launch of performance ranch. Right. And just making sure that experience is, is, is hopefully meets the standard of what we've had on performance beef. Uh, and then unifying that shoot site experience. So the individual animal management of being able to tag those animals, run them through, weigh them, have that animal health, traceability, and management aspect to go with it, um, while improving animal health as well for both performance beef and performance ranch. And so I'd say those are those are pretty big lifts, you know, for our organization, for the software development, launch, um, effectively going to a whole new market cow calf and ranch producers um and so that's that's really the next next big step for us what is the what's the functionality of performance ranch what's kind of the what is it what, what is the product itself it really is you're kind of just data and business management for a cow calf producer right and that uh hopefully we can replace the pocketbook right in the in the shirt of like you know, when was this calf born, out of what sire, this cow's historical data, and kind of provide the benchmark analytics of like performance, what's happening, and just just all your management, even from feed to financials as well. You know, the what cows are in one paddock, what are you feeding them, what's your cost associated, what's the performance associated, just everything as they run their business that if we can just make it quick and intuitive on their phone, through that mobile application, hopefully it provides a lot of management value and insights in the same way performance effectively performance beef is today. So is there a pasture management piece to this where there, where there's, you can draw in paddocks on your ranch and say they're here, we're going to move them there later. That kind of, is there that functionality? No, it's, nope. it, it'll be in a more simple manner here on the initial launch of like, you know, you'll be able to create pastures and assign animals to pastures, move them, but not necessarily a visual representation of, of like drawing it out, what animals are where. But, yeah, you know, we've got a pretty big development team that continues to push updates daily. And those are things that, you know, as we get, you know, we want to make it easy and intuitive just to complete those that management tasks uh, and then really help let the let the cow calf producers tell us what they continue to want see value in on their farm to continue to develop development. And if that's, if that's one of them, that's, that's certainly something we pursue. Well, and I, I think the records of where they've been and how long ago they were there and, and kind of some of those things yep. are more important than the actual visual rep representation. I guess that's kind of more Absolutely. the direction I was going as far as pasture management and, and how many cows were there for how long and, and how long yep. have they been away? That's, that's more important in my mind than actually getting to see it. <laughs> yep. No, absolutely. That's exactly right. And you are doing that. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get, they'll, they'll effectively get that. Yep. And then uh, how's the actual data collected? Um, you know, you mentioned it being mobile application and, and kind of maybe re replacing that, uh, that book in the pocket of every rancher uh, in, in, in during calving season, how, how is that data generated and collected? I mean, they'll still, you know, input that initial data 
right, from the arrival of that first animal, what tag number they assign. You know, but, you know, if you look back, we launched Animal Health shoot side with performance beef, right? And that's that individual animal tag management. That that functionality probably has more value to the cow-calf producer than it did performance beef producer. It has, still has a lot of value on performance beef feedlot operation, but, you know, as these cow-calf operations are investing in what, you know, what bulls, cows, which ones are producing, the calves, that the individual tag management, I think, that comes with performance ranch will provide a lot of value. Whether they want to use that UHF tag as like a hands-off experience every time they run through the chute um, or log the tag information when in the pasture, um, or if it's just a dongle tag or, or an EID that they got to want, I think the the individual animal management is is something that's that can seem tasking on a bigger scale cow calf, but I feel like we can make that pretty easy and intuitive for them, and especially when it comes to even their genetics journey, right? Like if they're using performance ranch to be more progressive and improve what they do, you know, we want to make that genetics experience of understanding which ones have the best best genetic values that are going to provide more ROI and productivity in that performance ranch experience tied to that individual animal tag. You know, that's can seem intimidating, like I said, but through a software, we can make it a very easy and insightful experience. So I think with ranch, it's not only managing that data, but I think it's it's making let people take their genetic testing experience in an easy, very insightful way um, is something we'll be able to activate and provide a lot of value to a lot of cow-calf operators. What has you most excited in the cattle industry right now? You know, what's exciting, I think, is just the changing dynamics in profitability and uh, and just on farm revenue, you know that it's it's really good just to see the industry coming to a more um, profitable state of production from a cow calf feedlot um, that they they're getting paid the value of the animals that that's being produced on the plate. You know, that that dynamics kind of changing it that feels good. But there's you know there's just so much more going on in the industry is that from a sustainability lower carbon footprint you know i think the, the the livestock production industry is a really unique place in production that you know we've always battled less antibiotics we don't want hormones in our meat and as producers we've always known that it's a very safe um well-produced you know product that's that's really being done as efficient as possible and when someone says don't use antibiotics or don't use an implant, you know, we know it makes that animal less productive. But I feel like that could be brought in new light in, into the livestock industry and in that this world of sustainability, lowering our carbon footprint, and the fact that cattle are being targeted with greenhouse gas emissions could actually be a really good thing for this industry to show that, hey, Technologies being used on farm. Not, I'm not talking software technologies, but animal health products, um, feed technologies, um, growth technologies. Is that effectively what that's doing is lowering that animal's emissions and making it more productive. And that we have a more of an opportunity today to protect our right to operate 
and bring what we do in the light of sustainability and show saying, you don't want this in it. Its footprint is bigger now, right? Mm. You don't want to use animal health technologies. And now it's going to take more to produce that animal. Mm. I feel like there's an opportunity to do that, but it's not going to be done without proving it as well, right? Proving production practices that reduces your footprint of, of rotational grazing and that software data ecosystems are going to be a big part of that. Mm. Right. But I think it, it, I, in my mind, to me, it, it's an opportunity for this industry to protect our right to operate and really show these additive technologies and products we use and the products we feed lower the footprint. You know, in our mind, they always increase the daily gain or increase the, the feed conversion. But the reality is, is that to the, to the consumer, it's lowering its greenhouse gases and it's lowering its carbon footprint as well. And that's, that's no more important today. And, and, to be able to to trace that, prove it, and bring that forward, I think, to the food chains will be an evolving thing. It's a market in the making, kind of, but it's it's important that as a, as an industry, we recognize this as an opportunity. Right. You mentioned uh, as far as things that are kind of exciting to you, right off the top there, you mentioned uh, the profitability issue. Is that a is that a a fluctuation in the market that's facilitating that, or do you see something else going on at a more macro scale that's that's facilitating that? Yeah, I, I mean, just to be clear, I was I was referring to the the profitability for the cattle producer, right? And that we're seeing cattle cow cow numbers come down, right? We've seen a, a liquidation of the herd due to drought and other dynamics, and that you know what a rancher is getting paid for his weaned calf today is so much more than what it was a year ago it could be $500 a head more in this in this environment uh and that you know you've seen the cash market really in the upper midwest or across the midwest really be be thriving this summer right and the spring through summer and that uh the competitive bidding and the positive basis we've seen just has shown the, the profitability and the, the competitiveness for a, for an independent cattle producer, whether a cow calf or feedlot to kind of come back to life and that there was a, an environment to continue to thrive. And so, you know, through that packing plant fire, COVID, you know, these guys went through a, a, a battle, you know, I've got a feedlot myself and we talk to these producers every day. You know, those are some tough times of, of, watching box beef prices at a, at a higher price and, and getting getting paid a low amount still for a well-produced animal. And so just in general, seeing seeing a good good competitive, profitable dynamic on these farms is, uh, is a good thing for everyone. Yeah. Yep. And the drought, I mean, on top of all that, you know, the drought was a significant um, <laughs> significant challenge uh, for for a lot of people, and and still remains a significant challenge for for a good portion, at least, of the landmass of the United States. So, uh, yeah, continue to keep that in mind as well. But yeah, I appreciate uh, your time today, Dane. Uh, you got any anything else that you wanted to share, or any other uh, nuggets that you were hoping to hoping to communicate today? Ah, no, appreciate appreciate the time. You know, if, if anyone's new listening, you know, our website's performancelivestockanalytics.com. Um, feel free to request a demo or, or any additional information, even on the, the genetic side of the ecosystem. We'll be able to pass it along um, to the appropriate experts. But uh, yeah, 
always feel free to follow or inquire and appreciate the opportunity here. Yeah. And the the customer experience has remained the same too. They're still getting a hold of the same team uh, at PLA when they, when they go on and request the demo and some of those things. Yeah. Everything's the same. You know, our original team of customer success team um, it's, yep. That's that same experience of, of uh, that support, making sure they have us when we're there, the, you call in, you, you get an answer or you get a call back quickly. Um, and so that's a, that's a big part of our business is making sure that, you know, cattle feeding is 365 a year. Right. And so our support needs to be that as well. And so, um, that's we back it with that customer support team that does a great job. Yep. Yeah. And I think that was, that was mentioned by Luke and Natalie Kavorak, you know, uh, that, that kind of support that they've called you <laughs> when they wouldn't have yeah. expected to no, to get yeah, up, right. uh, anybody to pick up. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Very good. Well, Dane, I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks. Very good stuff there. Really appreciate that. Really uh, appreciate Dane's perspective kind of on these things and on the future and, and on what we can do to leverage technology to help us make better decisions. Uh, and to drive those data that we're capturing into better decisions. So uh, pretty, pretty exciting stuff there. Very excited to share with you my interview next week with Robert Kane and Michael Sillick. They are from C90, uh, the C Agri company and C90, the mineral salt and different products that they've got. And we're going to talk to them about kind of the, the revitalization of the role of salt in livestock health and in uh, even soil health and some of those things and and how they have used them successfully and in the ways that they have used them successfully and kind of some of the history as has been mentioned in past episodes with Steve Campbell and others uh, Maynard Murray and his work and and Robert Kane how he kind of had a front row seat to that work and how he has now launched off into uh, his own mission uh, with this around with around salt and around its its critical role uh, in remineralizing the food supply from the soil on up. So really excited about that for episode 261 of the Working Cows podcast. We will see you real soon with that episode coming your way. We invite you to visit workingcows.net to subscribe to the show via iTunes or Stitcher. You'll also find detailed show notes pages, resources from our guests, and the industry leaders who have influenced them. For more ideas on putting your cows to work for you in a more profitable way, tune in next week.